Welcome to Season 3 of the Retail Tea Break Podcast. My name is Melissa Moore, the Retail Advisor, and each week I'll be joined by industry experts, retailers and product creators to decode the myths, share knowledge and give you an insight into the industry. So grab your cup of tea, sit back, relax and listen in to Season 3 of the Retail Tea Break Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a multi-award winning retailer and product creator. This contemporary Irish artist has created her own brand of greeting cards, fine art prints and designer scarves, all whilst running a busy craft and giftware business. Rita Oates, welcome to the Retail Tea Break podcast. Ah, thank you, Melissa. It's lovely to be with you. It's lovely to be with you. I'm delighted that we're having this conversation. So look, cards on the table, Rita and I know us. I'm a huge fan of her work. I'm really looking forward to today's episode. Uh, Thank you, thank you. (laughs) So look, let's jump straight in. In the time that it takes to boil a kettle, which I'm told is about two minutes, tell us a bit about you and the businesses. Well, I'm a contemporary Irish artist and I've created my own brand of greeting cards, fine art prints and designer scarves. My art contains an image, a line, and a story. And you can dive deep or you can stay and just enjoy the image. But um, all the lines are meaningful and positive, and I hope unique also. So uh, with 38 years experience in my gift. Wow. <laughs> uh, ETL Craft and Giftware, it's on the main street in Roscommon. And it has taught me so much. Experience teaches you more than anything in life, you know. And um, so the shop has giftware. So we have jewelry and handbags, textiles, a lot of the Irish craft and gifts. We have gifts for well-being. We have books and we have greeting cards. And it was really in the greeting card section where we'd have 18 stands, over 2,000 cards and so on. A customer would come in and we wouldn't have a card that they were looking for. Somebody was going through chemo for the second time. They had sent the get well. Or somebody was immigrating to Australia. Bon voyage didn't say what you really wanted to say. So I I saw this uh, gap in the market and um, I said, I'm going to fill that. But there was another story and it was, um, I had a teacher that really inspired me. Sister Veronica. And I used to watch her and she used to praise the, the student that did their best, not the A student, if you've even failed and you were doing, giving it your all, she praised you and gave you confidence. And I thought, you know, that's what life should be about, being the best you can be, you know. So when I was 28 and I had matured, for some strange reason, I said, I'm going to, I, I thought of her and I sent her a blank card because in those days there weren't these cards that said anyway I didn't think it said what I wanted to say and I just said you inspired me and I thanked her for how she did in that in in my life as a student and she wrote back to me and she said I have retired from teaching I've moved to the Falls Road to work with the communities there now these this was in the 80s when nobody moved uh And she said, but I want you to know that I taught for 40 years and you're the first person that wrote to me and told me I made a difference. And she said, your one card has has, um, made all my teaching career worthwhile. And so that resonated with me that we don't tell people what we need to tell them. You know, not a big elaborate thing. Now, I didn't give her a present. I always said, Mm. 
you know, the, how I had watched her and I, she inspired me. And um, so as a result, I called my cards a legacy to Sister Veronica. And each of them start with a piece of my art. And then I have a simple line on them from what inspired them or what I want them to say. And then the stories on the back. So you can, there's layers of meaning, do you know? And um, it's allowed me also, because as an artist, I really did not like artists, art exhibitions. So it allowed me to, to, to find a, a place for my art. Yeah. It's wonderful because my art, the lines of my art, examples would be learning how to bend in COVID. Do you know, um, layers of understanding, you know, when you, uh, always my child, always my love. And like, there are, they, then you can go to back for more. But I've got so many emails from people that have received them or sent them. That sometimes, I, I do say, I give people the words they need to say, but they just don't know how to open that door. And I suppose one of my favorite stories about one of my cards is uh, a gentleman was in once asking me about my work and I was explaining this one, the line on it was, there is a field beyond fear and I am traveling there. And I said, you know, before, when I was starting my art, I saw this as a symbol that I, I was in dread of it. And this was my first card to create, that there was this fear of starting a whole new business. And I was going to go there. And the second card he picked up was just uh, an image I'll show it to you here. It's, it's um, a mother and child. And the line on that is always my child, always my love. And he said, what's the story there? And I said, um, I had a 16 year old and I have six kids, so I can say, tell you this story. <laughs> um, and one day I made a comment about a friend and the words went back and forth. And I just looked and saw, gosh, this is accelerating into a huge, a, a huge route that I never anticipated, you know? But I went down and I drew it in the art room and it was just the mother holding her child. And the story in the back reads, um, this image depicts the love between a mother and her child, the bond unbreakable, the love unconditional, always my child, always my love. But the reason I'm telling you this story is that um, when I looked up, I, you know, I explained it to him. And when I looked up after reading the back, he, he was in tears. Yeah, I'm not surprised, as am I here, which is a first for the podcast. Yes, but he said to me, I'm estranged from my daughter from eight years. Wow. And I gave him that card and I gave him the card um, that said, there is a field beyond fear and I'm traveling there. And I had another card that's mountains of love. And I said, think about them. We all are in that place. But five weeks later, I got an email and the email said, I want to shoot you a thank you. You gave my father your card. Oh, and from the daughter. From the daughter. And like, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes like my, my lines are things like, you are my rock. It's hard to say, you know, mm. you know, um, they're words that, that are simple. And, and I have dozens of stories of people that have connected from, from different cards. Like I have over a hundred cards now. Wow. <laughs> well, I started with 12, you know, four years ago. But you know what, I, I can look and park the fact that we're talking about retail and you being a maker from a consumer, as I am listening in, I can absolutely understand why there's such a connection because I am sitting here well and up glazed over. There's such emotion in your words. As you said, you you almost part, you know, you you give someone the idea through the image and the line, but actually then they make of that what they will, or it joins their story for what they want to say. And there is such 
meaning behind your work but also you know as everyone now hears you're such a brilliant storyteller and you do an awful lot of storytelling with your art as well I suppose I love it and it was something um, all my life I wanted to do but when I was in Leaving Cert um, the, the, my class wasn't taught art we weren't taught science we had to do domestic science yeah I'm oh. that you can see um, so there was all these gaps in the market but I suppose it was always there I wanted to do it I couldn't do it in college because I had no portfolio but um, I, I went and did every weekend course or I went to America and did a drawing marathon I, I went six years to GMIT to do the degree in, in art that you could do part-time by going one day a week, drive up and down, rather than being a full-time student in Galway. So I was always feeding it, but I had six children to put through college. So I, I stuck with the, the, the retail work until that was done. And the minute the, the twins finished college, I, I started my, my artwork because I knew I could give it the time and I could stand back. And um, I love doing it. And I suppose, I'm very grateful at, at my retail outlet because it has given me the experience and things change as you know, Melissa, in retail, continually change. And I can see the trends on the ground floor. And years ago, people just wanted a gift. Now they want a meaningful gift, yeah. they want a meaningful card. Like we have Texas to send happy birthday emojis, you know? And the same, so I, I see in the card business, let's say people used to come in and buy two boxes, three boxes of 30 cards for Christmas. Now they want a special card for their godmother or a special card for their, their sister and their husband. So you, you have the sales, but a different type of sale. It's not, and the same with giftware. It's, it's not the the value of what they're spending. They just want something that says something. And I suppose in COVID you saw the well-being become so important to people. And people want to give something that that is of, of value. And more and more, which is wonderful at the moment, is they want to give Irish products. Do you know that 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 um that program that the, the Leo's ran for shop local really to buy Irish you know, people got it and they saw that supporting each other, we were going to come through all this and still are, do you know? So, they, and, and they understand, I see it on my retail and I see it with myself, that when you, when you spend 10 euro uh, on something Irish made here, it generates, bought in the shop that is in your town, it generates 70 euro. So you, you because, that that shop assistant is going to the hairdresser, going for a meal, and we're we're creating such a volume of employment when we do that. So, in ways, producing Irish product has has become so much more rewarding because people are seeking it out and they see the quality now. They really do, you know. Actually, that's a really nice thought. I've never looked at it that way. That you find it more rewarding now because people are appreciating what you do but I suppose and you've alluded to it there you, you're a retailer you're a maker is one harder than the other or or I suppose do they feed into each other how do you find it because you have both perspectives well I suppose they both have challenges but and they have both have great rewards mm. but in a way uh, as a retailer I have dozens of customers each day you know and I feel all of those customers are looking for quality and they're looking for value mm. and looking for uniqueness. But then as a maker, again, my, I have su suppliers, which are buyers for shops, which yeah. so you're dealing with one person instead of a hundred people today, you know? So, but it's the same thing. And, and I suppose as a buyer in my shop, 
that's what I'm looking for all the time is a quality, um, unique and valuable gift. And as a, as a producer, I'm looking that that won't work. It's too dear or this will work. I can fit it in, you know, so you're doing the same thing. You're, you're, and this is, oh shit, there's hundreds of those out there. I want to get something that's really different and, and says, comes from the heart, do you know? So in that sense, uh, whether you're a maker or a retail buyer, you're, you're, you're doing, providing probably the same function, you know? Um, yeah. And do you think then as a maker, are you able to, we'd say react quicker because you almost see that either if trend is the right word for what you do but you're seeing the way that consumer shops or changes their shopping habits are you then as a maker able to react to that a bit quicker than maybe waiting until the next trade show or the next year yeah and see exactly i'm able to react to it and um i suppose you know that's the disadvantage I, as a retailer i can see on a daily basis things yeah. change and whatever whereas often with as a, a maker, you might only have the one trade show a year yeah. or one. And, you know, it's, it's great for, on another level that I understand buyers because I know I shield myself. I have a hundred things to do. I'm, I'm at the stage. I used to have a now list. I have a now with the star list as well as a now list. You know, I mean, so, I mean, I can't be continually interrupted, you know, by my suppliers to, to look at things and see things. So. That's probably the disadvantage. And maybe that's what, as a buyer, I try to connect twice a year at least or four times a year. It does really some, because it's the communication between the two that makes me good. It's communication with my customers on my shop floor, but it's also communication with my suppliers. Have they something new and different? And, you know, uh, now, and it's not always, I think as um, uh, watching makers come in or suppliers come in, they're always telling you about a price cut or a price. Yeah. It's not about that. It's about a new design you might have or a new, uh, you know, communication. You that's mean. that's really interesting. I think we, we all have become obviously a lot more price conscious at the moment. But as you kind of said, starting off a few moments ago, it's about the emotional connection. So therefore, if a maker's coming into you so focused all of a sudden, not on their making process, not on the beautiful new items that they've you know, created, if they're so focused and panicked by price, it must be giving you as a retailer the wrong impression. Yeah, I think that because even my customers aren't focused only on price. They do have a price point, and I know that, and my suppliers should know that, that there are price points you work around, you know? And if it's a, if it's a present for a babysitter or a present for your mother, there's two different price points. But you wouldn't yeah. be swayed if you get the right thing, you know? And I think it's about quality and communication, that there is a new design. This is new. It's not something she would have got last year or the year before, do you know? So it's all about that... Um, level of communication between things you know and and um between I, each stage <laughs> no and that that makes a lot of sense and again it's not something that people tend to talk about because you kind of you feel as a buyer or as a retailer you almost want that that maker to come in come out show you what they've got or send you on the new product list but actually it has to be deeper than that and because you have the two hats you, you know you wear both being a retailer and a maker have you any kind of tips from what you've picked up over the years really of having both businesses any tips you'd have either for a retailer dealing with the maker or a maker dealing with the retailer um tips i think communication I yeah. think 
that you need in this, you know, for my retail shop, I think when I know the story, when I know the maker, Yes. When I know the couple that's an artist, when I know the story of even the production line, they have a team of three others, or this proportion, because everything can't be made in Ireland. There's 10% here that has to be brought in, but this, this, and this are made in Ireland. And they're actually made in my kitchen, or they're made in uh, a garage I've converted. When you know those stories, like this button studio and it alone, I love selling the work. And when I sell it, I actually tell people she is such a lovely person that loves selling her work because I've got to know her over the years and I think that's what people want to hear so that's a tip I give understand your product and even then if you took on a retail side if you're calling is there a certain day that helps you get deliveries better than another do you know have that communication that it, it's easier to work with you because I know that that the weekends are mad so if I send a thing out on a on a Friday you'll get it on the Monday when it suits you rather than send it out on a Thursday and it, so it's communication yeah and but actually do you know what they're they almost seem really obvious, but again, you've seen it, I've seen it go wrong. As you say, the last thing you want is stock arriving on a Saturday morning or at a crazy time when you haven't got time to put it out. It is simple communication. It's really, I think, building on that retailer relationship by the sounds of things, but from both sides equally, both sides have to give in order to really develop this relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find particularly when I, I visit a store and I'm able to talk to the staff, you know, and tell them the stories behind my product or they get to know me and all of a sudden yeah. it's a personality. It's not this brown box that comes in, you know, and, um, you know, and they can ask you, have you something for this occasion? And, and you can suggest it, or these are my three best sellers, but you might love this one. Because even I see certain items I have sell so well with this personality because they connect with it you know so you by by building on that relationship you can so build on your product well, it's so value I mean forget about the money side of things I think for brand awareness it's hugely valuable as you said and again it's something I preach about that actually talking to the staff on the shop floor about your brand as a maker is absolutely key to them being able to sell it yeah it is it is it is you know and you become people both of you become people and I know that this person will like this almost before I even create it you know it's, out, it's, it's the right way forward. And actually, I think it's it gives long-term value. You know, we're buying Irish. You want to hear the story. You want to hear the lovely tales of it being made at the kitchen table or the studio behind the house. But you've talked about team there, communication. I have to ask, because I don't know how you do it all, and I've said this to you before, how do you manage all the different hats you wear, running a business, being an artist, and obviously having that headspace to create What's the reality like nowadays for juggling all these balls? Oh, with difficulty. <laughs> with difficulty. <laughs> and definitely COVID has even made it more difficult. But I suppose when you love what you do, it's, 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 it's easier. But I, I would think I have a great team around me, you know. And Gillian is with me 28 years. You wow. Know? So many things off my shoulder. But Joanne and um, Emma, they, they all have such great talents and seeing that talent and let them run with it. And that takes it off my shoulders. And I suppose it's about delegating and seeing the talent in the team around you and building on the talent. And I wouldn't be here without them supporting me in so many ways, even their opinions on things. Rita, that's way too dark or that's way too loud. You know, and, and would you do something for this? But it, and it's great to have that team. And it's great 
to um, with time, the experience and the camaraderie. So, um, you know what you, you can feel that in a shop. I've obviously been in to see you in the store, and they don't know me in that respect. Your team, but you can feel that as a consumer when a team are good at what they do and they know the products. When they want to get to know the customer and understand the customer and therefore what they need you can feel it in bucket loads yeah 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 and it is a talent it is yeah. a huge talent don't think it comes natural because i i when we when we established etl 38 years ago my husband was a front man because he was the people's person and i was the back office <laughs> and that's where i i, I love and even with my art you know it's going on quite walks with myself and you know writing by myself you know so i'm really and so it's great that i have these people that can be much more front I love that. It's wonderful. And I love the passion that you speak about your team with. So it brings me to the last question, but actually this is quite exciting. So normally at the end of a podcast episode, I ask what's coming up for you over the six, the next six months. First thing is art source. I do it every year and it's November the 10th to the 13th in the RDS in Dublin. And it's um, over 200 Irish artists come together. Wow and they show their original work. So last year I had somebody on this side selling things from 100 to 300 and somebody on that side selling artwork from 40,000 to 80,000 euros. So it's, it's a great experience to see all the different price points, but also the mediums, watercolor, oil, sculpture, and it's just, and then you can meet the artists and see what inspires them, you know? So I have that happening in November. And then um, one of these things that you start as a little idea and it just becomes a mountain, but it's, it's worked out 10 times better than I ever imagined would. After Christmas, I decided that I was going to move a partition in my shop. And as my husband would say, a lot of things I suggest, I, I introduce them as a small thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm moving a partition, you know? And I told my carpenter the same. And eight weeks later, when he is still every day in my shop, <laughs> They look at each other and they say she was moving a partition, you know, but then I said, take down this shell, this shelving and will you, you know, would we get lights here and would we get a ramp here because it's two steps and it just grew and grew. But at the back, our building is ETL Craft and Victor. It was built in the 1800s by the Bank of Ireland. It's a beautiful limestone building on the main street of Scammon on the square. And at the back of the shop was a coach house. And these are the walls behind us. And it was stored for years, for the 30 years, it was storage space for the shop, you know? And so I just said, we'll move the partition, we'll take, strip the walls back to what it was. And so you have these beautiful stone walls, upstairs and downstairs. And I'm creating an art gallery in this space. Wow. Not only be my art, you know, it started as maybe, but it's, I, I, I look at art, I believe we absorb art. When I go to the play school with my grandchildren, I feel the fun. It's Mickey Mouse on the walls. When I go to the church, I feel the reflective silent space. And that is the art and the architecture. So this is going to be kind of an, a gallery of original pieces. But I've lost a milliner because I regard as beautifully created hats being, being art, a sculpture, there is going to be glass, there's going to be wood. Um, wow. so I broaden that and I have a calendar of um, 10, 10 separate months in which we'll, we'll exhibit. But because it's quite a large space being upstairs and downstairs, and it's a beautiful space, I feel it's, it's going to be, Roscommon is a fabulous town. We in Roscommon have five minutes from my front door in the shop. 
you can go down to see the castle, you can see the, the, the beautiful gardens down there, the play area. It's, it's a beautiful space. Then you have the jail, you have the abbey, you have beautiful restaurants around Nico Gleason's townhouse, you have rogues and other shops. So you can come to Riscam, look at an art gallery, go down to the castle, just enjoy your day here. What and an incredible, absolutely incredible kind of insight. I think, you know, Tourism Island, take note, Roscommon is absolutely stunning. And as you say, everything, and it is, maybe that's the good thing about being so small, everything on your doorstep. And now this amazing venture, and I have to say, I've been in the space recently. It is beautiful beautiful oh it's i'm so pleased and joe castle is going to be one of the first people but i have a few other gyms just lined up he's a riscommon artist that's internationally known you know and so it's going to be exciting and it's, it's my opportunity to support artists because as i said at the very beginning like how many galleries are there in ireland and yeah. they, you know so you have a, a one exhibition uh each month uh, with the space missing 10 exhibitions a year so you can only really support 10 artists if one of them is a huge success you repeat them the following year so i mean it's so hard to find that middle ground where um people have the chance to to, to show art and originals are different now that's nothing against prints because prints are wonderful but it and it gives you um a purpose like art source gives me a purpose it focuses me on getting new stuff out there it can't be what i did last year you know so but i see i'm so i love art i love what it communicates as i said i feel we absorb it we don't even know that it is part of our life a lot of it. it's like music we we use it it, it can change our humor you know and um, it's all around us our kids get it so much more than we do you know because we've educated ourselves and comes to so it's, it's great yeah so i have a few things lined up for children in this space because i i'm the mother of four teachers and two of them very involved in art and they're they're teaching careers so yeah yeah it's going to be exciting and different and it, it absolutely sounds it and i think it's a wonderful space to have i think the art community and also the wider community are going to be very grateful for this space and i think it's going to open up art as you say not just kind of imagery that's framed on a wall um to so many more people and it's really powerful so not only a, a retailer and a maker yourself now but also a gallery curator and it, it sounds incredible. So I wish you the best of luck with that, Rita. It's been an incredible episode, one that's almost made me cry to one that leaves me feeling really fulfilled and excited about what's to come next because it's going to be so exciting and heartwarming. So if you've enjoyed today's podcast episode, please like and share this episode. You can follow Rita and Rita, give us out your email, uh, your website address there. Rita, www.ritosartist.com fantastic and i'll obviously share the links when this episode goes out as well so until next time rita thank you so much